Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mobile Homies. Once again, it is my supreme pleasure to be sitting here with my guy, my friend, my brother, for over 25 years. Man, my top three lyricists, my top three MC of all time. One half of Black Delicious. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, the gifted gab. Peace, y'all. Yo, peace. Larry Thorne, thank you for having me on Mobile Homies. In other words, portable homies. So it's like we're traveling and we're not traveling. Did you say portable homies? <laughs> yeah. Same, okay. thing as mobile, same thing as mobile homies, moving around. Portable. Portable homies. How no, are it's you not there? exactly the same, but go ahead. I'm just being, I'm trying to be funny. Okay. So go ahead. How are you, man? Yeah. How I'm are good, you? man. Stand up, stand out of the way of this virus. You know, I just, you know, as you know, um, and there's a lot of my fans know I had kidney surgery on February 1st. So, you know, I'm taking anti-rejection medications. I'm feeling good, feeling great. But right. my immune system, at least the first six months of taking this medicine, is really, really, um, like, suppressed. So, you know, I, I'm in that category right now where um, my immune system's really, really compromised. So I'm just, the only time I go out, I might take a walk around the block. That's pretty much it. Or if I have to go to, to see to the hospital for something. Right. That's the only time I really go out. Other than that, I'm in the crib in quarantine. Well, let me ask you this because, I mean, a, a, yeah, a lot of your fans do know this. A lot of Black Delicious fans, a lot of Gift to Gab fans do know this about you, that, that, you know, this is all a part of your story and your journey. And it's been a long yeah. road to get to this point. Yeah. I was on dialysis for seven years. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, and you I, know, I the just, doctor was telling me that you're not, most people don't last more than five years. So, right. he, like, the doctor came up to me to, like the last couple of months I was on dialysis. And he said, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because, you know, a lot of people, you're a rare exception. A lot of people don't make it past five years. Right. You know, so I'm here for something. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think that I think that's an understatement. I, I mean, because right. I've I've seen your journey, basically your entire career. I mean, either firsthand or peripherally. You know, I mean, obviously we talk frequently mm -hmm. and we we recorded I don't know how many songs together and yeah, done how many how many tours together? I mean, how many, how many, how many Black Alicious albums are there at this point? And how many Gifted Gab albums are there at this point that have been officially? I believe there are seven Black Alicious albums. You count the EP. Yeah. Uh, seven Black Alicious albums and one, two, three, three Black Alicious LPs and one EP. No, three Gifted Gab, three Gifted Gab LPs and one EP. Okay, and then and, then and I just finished another one. Next logical progression coming out on Nature Sounds later this year too. So okay, so and how many Black Delicious LPs and EPs? Seven. Get the gap all together four. So we're talking eleven albums. And with another one with, with two more on the way. A Black Delicious album that's pretty much done, and a, a Get the Gap album that's done. We're just right. waiting for the label to work their way around how they're going to release records now. I mean, I've known you for, I think we met in 90 or 91, I think we yeah. met. So yeah. that's going on 29, 30 years. Yeah, crazy, I mean, right? I think that we made our professional debuts 
at the same time on yep. the Soul Sides 001 12-inch, right? 92 or 93. That was 93, yeah. Now, 93 I, was the first year that we all toured in Europe, so it had to be 92, right? Well, I think the, the Soul Sides 12-inch came out in 93, and on one side it was Asia Born Send Them, and then on the other side it was DJ Shadow Entropy, and then it had Gift the Gab, featuring the Gift of Gab on Count and Estimate. So that so we've been quote unquote professionals yeah. for twenty seven years now. Yeah, know? man. This is what we do. So I mean we're talking over almost three decades in the game, right? Yeah. With yeah. with eleven albums and more on deck. Most of them recorded independently. Most of them recorded and released independently. Mm-hmm. You know, except I, one. Only one. Only one came out on a on a on a on a on a, a bigger label. We've done stuff with independent labels, you know. But yeah, you know, the only only uh like major we were ever we ever dealt with was MCA. But you know, I have no complaints. It definitely boosted our career and helped our name spread further. You know, but I think that in in 2020. Especially if you if you're somebody who has acquired or managed to acquire a fan base, it's better to be independent right now. Mm-hmm. Unless the label just gives you an incre- like a million dollars or something like that, I'll take half a million. But but um, it's really better to be independent right now, especially with the um, with with technology because you can you can still have a career, man. By the way, all the fans, I'm put I'm starting the EP series next month. It's called the Coronavirus Distraction EP Series. I'll be putting out an EP every other month until the virus is over. Well, you know, that, to me, that's what's amazing about you, I think, is it didn't matter what was affecting you personally. It didn't matter what was affecting you health-wise. It didn't matter that I saw whatever kind of adversity you were faced with. I don't think there's mm-hmm. ever been a season where – the gift of gab didn't have something on deck, you know, that you were either working on or ready to release. And I think of all the, of all the rappers that I know, I think you're, you continue to be probably the most ambitious, you know, in terms of your output and and in terms of your, your drive. And, you know, let me ask you this because how do you, how do you keep that focus you know, knowing that, you know, every day you're going to have some personal issues that you have to deal with. You're going to have some, you, you know, some travel issues that you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have some health and some spiritual issues that you're going to have to uh-huh. deal with. How do you maintain that focus? I mean, it's pretty amazing. I, you know, and this is what I tell okay. people. Thank you, man. appreciate that. Well, what I, what I um, you know, first I, I was diabetic. I had high blood pressure. And that's cool. That can be managed. But when I got on dialysis, I had a, a revelation, man. And that revelation was that this is, it was in the early stage of dialysis, maybe a couple of months in. Right. And, and I was like, I didn't know what it was and everything was new. And I had to change the way I was living. Um, and, and, I, and I made a decision. I, I said to myself, this is either going to make me a better person. This is going to make me a worse person and I'm going to get depressed and I'll just be fucking depressed all the time, and or this can make me a better person. So I, I focused on my diet first, 
And then I'd always read about meditation. So I started really getting serious about meditation and, you know, learning different techniques and then practicing the technique. And that, that helped me a lot. And then, then after, medita- after I began to meditate steadily, which took a long time to be able to actually do. I've been trying to meditate since I heard about meditation. So it's like, like 89 or something like that. But once I started really doing that, um, which I would recommend everybody do because it's the best thing you can ever do ex- and experience. When, when I went to, yeah, when I was on dialysis, I told myself, you know, it's either going to make me worse or make me better. So, you know, like I said, I changed my diet. I started eating better. I lost a lot of weight. I started going to the gym after meditating because meditation taught me that the only reason I wasn't going to the gym was because my mind believed the lie that I might've heard as a child or I might've heard as a teenager. And I, and I held on to that. That's what meditation does. I, I held on to something that wasn't really my truth, but from everything else that I observed on the external level, it seemed like it was my truth. But um, I started working out and uh, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I was down, I was living way healthier on dialysis than I ever lived. I stopped drinking, you know what I mean? You know, I'm like, well, let me just be the best person I could be from here. And that's kind of the same approach I'm taking to this virus, you know? I'm eating good. I got an exercise bike. I'm in the crib. I'm writing rhymes. You know, I'm talking to family. I'm talking to friends. And, um, you know, I'm just, I've, I've made a decision here. I'm just going to be the best I can be every day. So when this is over... I come out with kittens and I'm, and I'm coming out strong. You know what I mean? You know, I think that, like I said, I mean, I think your story is amazing, man. You know, because you, man. Th- there's been, there have been times, you know, quite honestly, where huh? I tried to think to myself, okay, well, what would I do if I was in his shoes? Cause I would see you over the years and I knew how difficult it was to keep that dialysis schedule. You're going how many, three, four times a week you were going five times a four, week, four, four times a week, four yeah. times a week, four, four. yeah. Would, Monday, mon- uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and no, no, no. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Right. And I mean, I saw how when you would tour, you would have to set up dialysis sessions in different cities. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes in different countries, you yeah. know what I mean? And, yep. and I, you know, I put myself in your shoes sometimes, and I was like, how is he able to keep such a positive frame of mind? You know what I mean? Because I, I, I know there had to be some dark moments in there where you were like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next month. I don't know what's going to – I mean, this is, me, this is me asking you, did you have moments yeah. like that? Yeah, in the very beginning, because I didn't know what I was walking into, and I knew that – you know, our life was altered probably for the, well, for the rest of my life, unless I got a new kidney, unless I was able to get a transplant. And I knew people and uh, people have had health differences. And, you know, most of my family have, is diabetic because it runs my family. And, and I, was, I, was, I was like kind of like feeling hopeless for a minute until I had that revelation. Okay, this is going to make, because I felt myself sinking into something. And I was like, I can't do that. I was like, I mean, this is either going to make, I'm either going to get worse from this or I'm going to get better. And right. I just chose the latter, you know? That's amazing, man. So you, you had one kidney, just to be clear, you had one kidney for seven years. I didn't have any kidneys. <laughs> if I had one kidney, I, could, I wouldn't have to do dialysis. You can live on one kidney. That's why people donate kidneys and still live full lives. All you need is one kidney to live. You know what I mean? But, um, oh my, yeah. I, oh my, I never knew that. Till just yeah. now, I thought you yeah. had one. So you had zero kidneys for seven years. 
Yeah, that's why I needed dialysis. If I had one kidney, it would have been doing the, the work that, that was needed by the body to, uh, to uh, do the job that the kidney does. All you need, they say all you need is one of them. Two is a bonus. And luckily, you know, give thanks. Yeah. I got two. I didn't just get one because my uh, donor, you know, God, re God rest her spirit, is, uh, was a 25-year-old female. Mm. Um, and she had passed, she was in a fatal car accident and she had not put herself on a list before if anything happened to her, she wanted to donate her organs. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. So when you were on this waiting list for seven years, because mm -hmm. I, I, I remember like periodically we would have these conversations and you would be like, yeah. I found so-and-so I got a donor. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, then, and then that would fall through. And then like yeah. six months later, be like, I found so-and-so I got it, another. It was donor. a few of them. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, and, and you would get really excited and yeah. then I would, and then I would get excited for you mm -hmm. and then it would fall through, but you yeah. seem to be able to bounce back and you, you continue to keep that positive frame of mind. I mean, how did you do that? Because I would have been so deflated, you know, just thinking about that. I mean, it was such an amazing example for me. It goes back to the, I didn't mean to cut you off. It goes back to what I said. I'm either going to get worse from this mentally and physically and probably spiritually, I'm going to get better. And I just made a firm decision to do the latter, man. And yeah. I just rolled with it. And when, when um, things would happen, like people would come up and say um, they wanted to donate, give me their kidney. Um, some, I think one person had depression. The other dude was a dude that I found on the internet in Chicago, which is rare. But he, he said, hey, a, a child just came through. It's like a ch the child is like 10 years old, man, and they need a kidney. So I was like, all right, man, go ahead and give it to him. What am I going to do? He's like, right. don't give it to that kid. Give it to me. Right. And that was one of them. And it, it, was, it was a few, man, but whenever that happened, I just keep rolling. It's like, I looked at it as like I'm rolling with the punches, you know? So, so you made a conscious decision to keep a, to keep a positive frame of mind. You made a conscious and you know, I, I, you know, it's a lot of things that have helped me grow as a human being. Being on dialysis and meditating, those were two big things, going to the gym. And I also, I really am into the law of attraction. Study, you know about the law of attraction, right? Yeah, right. And the law yeah. of attraction, as you know, states, if you think negative, you're gonna bring and manifest more negative. You right. know, belief is, a, belief is a powerful thing. Yes. You can get somebody to believe, you can control people if you can get them to believe something, especially if you attach fear and reward to it. Reward if you believe this, hell if you don't. You can, you can control people if you get them to believe whatever, something, you know? And I was just like, and, and, and with the law of attraction, you just kind of reprogram yourself. And, and meditation gives that more strength too because you can feel the negative energy coming inside of yourself. Not blame, not pointing the finger at nobody but me. You can feel the negative energy coming. You can, you can hear the negative thoughts and you're more aware of them. And you're, you're more aware that this is not me. This is just my brain analyzing the experience of life. And this is how it does. I don't really need this thing. Unless I'm gonna solve a problem or I'm gonna figure out something. You know, I just chose to, I, I, as more I listened to the law of attraction, the more I was like, okay. And then I, I read this thing called the seven-day mental diet, where you go seven days and you try not to think any negative thoughts. Wow. All your thoughts and all your, for one week. And that, just, that shit just hooked me. Wow. And I was like, this shit really makes a difference. But that and meditation, because if it wasn't for meditation, I wouldn't be as aware 
when negative a negative thought or a negative emotion started to rise within me. But now when that happens, oh, I'm looking at it. It's not, they're not possessing me anymore. It's not, I don't think I'm my mind anymore. I don't identify with my mind. It's my mind, but right. I'm not its property. But the problem with, with, with a lot of, I'm not going to, I don't know everybody, but a, a lot of people is their minds are dragging them through life. Right. Literally. The, the, the mind is a, is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. Mm. And, you know, I had to kind of live by those coals. And as a result, man, my life has just been enhanced in so many ways, bro. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's one of the things that, they, that, that we learn in, in yoga, too, is that, you know, you're going to have these thoughts that may intrude, maybe negative thoughts, maybe just thoughts in general when you're, when you're just trying to stay neutral and trying to stay in the moment. And you may have these thoughts that sort mm -hmm. of... They, they sort of pass through this screen and it could be like it could be negative self-talk it could be like god damn i really want a motherfucking cheeseburger right now you know it could be anything <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what i'm saying yeah. or you or you you know it mm -hmm. could be like oh, i really you know I, I need a drink right now or you know why hasn't this person mm -hmm. called me back? what does that mean they must hate me you know shit like that you know and you just have to mm -hmm. like what they taught us in yoga is you you kind of watch it go by as a bystander, and you're like, oh yeah, look at that thought that just crossed my That's mind. That's meditation, right? Yeah. And then you just, you just yoga is yoga is a form of meditation. And then you yoga, just, yoga is but, definitely. But what I was saying was, but, yeah, what I was saying was these these thoughts come in, and you just you just have to watch them go by and observe them and acknowledge that they're there, but you just watch them go by as opposed but don't to you, but the key as is, opposed to reaching out. Yeah. And pulling it in, you know what I mean, right? So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting that you say that, and, and I think you know. I think I talked to Latif recently. We did the same thing with Latif, and 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 he's been saying he he said the same thing. It was like you know, it was like how do you cope in these times, right? When we're all quarantined, we're all isolated, we're all alone on a certain level, and. But we're alive. You know, we got our friends to talk to. We got cell phones. We got food. We have a career that we can basically continue. We, we have continue, continue um, participating in from our house and our computers. Yeah. You know, we're, we're very blessed, man. You know, you got your family. You know, we're, we're very blessed all the time, man. Even if we don't realize it, it's just what our mind is telling us. And that's because our mind is judging us compared to other people that's a manifestation of the ego such and such has this but i don't so that must mean that must mean i suck comparison there's always going to be somebody with more and there's always going to be somebody with less yeah you know? they, say, they say comparison is the killer is the killer of joy it's just comparison when you wait when say that again you was breaking up a little bit yeah i mean i mean i've heard it said that comparison kills joy when you compare what you have or how you feel to somebody else or wow, you know, so-and-so is a lot further along than I am or wow, so-and-so has more money yeah. than I, when you, when you start to feel that yeah. way, you lose sight of what it is that you actually do have. Right. Yeah. Is that what exactly. you're talking about? Yeah. 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 You know, and I, and I think what you're saying is really important. Like I said, I was talking to Latif about this and I was like, well, how do you cope? And, and it, it, it's like, it's like you said, it's a combination of, it's a spiritual, a mental, and, uh, you know... A, a Everything is spiritual. I think that um, what I've learned, 
and you know, it continues to evolve. So ten, two years, I could be saying something different because right. consciousness is always evolving. What I've learned, we're, we're all basically consciousness itself manifested into physical form. Yeah. We are all expressions of what they call God, our divine source, our eternal soul. We are all expressions. That's why it says we're made in this image. Because if you want to see what God looks like, look in the mirror. You know what I mean? We're all extensions of the eternal soul. Yeah. Only thing is, our bodies, not what we are, because we're spirits that came from the eternal soul that are manifested now uh, in physical form to experience. We're only here to experience and learn. We're not here to conquer the, the, the evil, we're, even though our nature, because our true nature is love, is being right. good. We're just here to learn. And then, and then the consciousness inside of us, you've heard people talk about awakenings and enlightenment. There's a level where you, and I'm not saying I'm fully there. I'm not telling you I'm an enlightened being, but I believe in that path. The, goal, the, the awakening part is you become a Buddha or you become, you realize that there's only one consciousness and it's in you and it's in me and it's in the tree and it's in everything because this is only consciousness manifest. It's once manifested as a myriad of finite expressions of itself. Mm. That's just something that I don't, and, and, and people may disagree with that, and I'm not claiming to know everything. That's just what the, 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 the information that I've stumbled on that I come to look at as something I believe. You know what I mean? But wherever you yeah. believe can be altered. So, you know, hey. <laughs> you know, you know, we have these kind of conversations from time to time, and it's funny, like people that don't, people that come up to me that don't know you, that come up to the, like fan, like Gift to Gab fans, you know, yeah. come up to me, they're like, LB, what's he like? What's Gift to Gab like? <laughs> you know, da -da -da. and I'm like, bro, you don't understand. He's the biggest fucking hippie I know. <laughs> yep. I'm like, yep. Gab, Gab, Gab is like the Dalai Lama of Pacoima. You know, uh, you don't, 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 don't compare me to don't compare me to Dalai Lama. Gab is the Dalai Lama of Pacoima. <laughs> you know, and because you you've always been that way. You've always been a very spiritual, metaphysical, conscious, conscientious human being. You know what I mean? And I think to me, yeah, yeah. like when I when I see you and when I see all your your struggles and all your triumphs, I mean that's mm -hmm. been my biggest takeaway just from knowing you is that you're just this very spiritual yeah. grounded person in that way, you know? And I, and like I said, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, mm -hmm. and, and you, you can see it in, in your music. I mean, the, the, the album titles, you know, the album, the song mm -hmm. that you do, I mean, I mean, it, it remind as a record collector, what, what you do lyrically and what you do conceptually in your music, a lot of times reminds me of like, the spiritual jazz or the the free jazz a lot of time conceptually not not run off you run know off. Of, of like yeah. you know to me you're like you're like a sun ra you know or you know or like an ornette coleman when it comes to music when it comes run to hip appreciate that man appreciate that because you know like these conversations that that we're having right now these are the kind of conversations we have on the regular you know yeah i don't Absolutely. always I don't always agree with everything you say. But you know I, you are the universe, though. Just joking. Okay. <laughs> I'm but just being know, funny, man. No, no, I get. But I mean, you know, I don't always agree, and I. But but frankly, I don't. In the past, I haven't always understood. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that it's because that, in my opinion, it's 
you've had the journey that you've had that have, do you feel like it's this journey that you've had that's helped you reach but this? See, but see, none of us know shit because we're here to experience and learn. Yeah. That's the, the reason we're here. And knowledge is infinite until you merge back. If, mm. You know, if that's something that actually happens, you know, you get enlightened, you have God consciousness, you go back to the other dimension. Some, some choose to come back to earth and start all over as a baby so they can learn again. Because when you come in as a baby, you don't know anything. The only thing you can learn is what you've been taught and the information that's out there. If you were all knowing, you'd be the equivalent to the creator, the ultimate creator. We're all extensions of it. But once you get to that level, there's no reason to learn anything anymore. Because you're all, there's not even a reason to have an experience because you're all knowing. You're omnipresent and all knowing. Therefore, this is why the creator brought this universe into being as itself in myriads of forms for whatever reason. Maybe the ancients didn't experience this, but for, for whatever reason, we're kind of asleep right now. The whole, not the whole, I'm not going to say the whole planet, but uh, it's, it's a lot of sleepiness going on, man. Right. And it's about, it's, all this whole shit is about awakening. Once yeah. you, once you, well, this is what I hear. When you're enlightened, you don't fear death anymore because you've gone to that space beyond birth. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced it, bro. I've gotten empty. You know, Buddhists and Zen, and they, they all tell you to let go and be empty. And when I, and then I started doing that and it took me about, you know, I've been reading about it for years, but it took me about two years, maybe about a year and a half of doing it straight every morning. And I was taught to watch my thoughts. It's called mindfulness meditation, where mm. you sit for however long, 15 minutes, half hour every day, and you watch your thoughts. And you watch them. And then the more you do it, this other awareness starts to slowly unfold. And you begin to say, wait a minute, I'm not my thoughts. Because mm. now I'm watching them. And I have the ability to watch them without identifying with them or judging myself or, or being possessed by the thoughts. So wait a minute, if I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my emotions, what part of me is watching my thoughts and my emotions? And then this other, this space, only way I could describe it is silent, quiet. Meaning there is no, there is no, it's peace. There is peace in it, but there is no hate. There is no fear. There is no jealousy. There is none of the bullshit that, that takes place here in this dimension. I at times believe that life is the hell they were describing in the Bible, but it can be heaven too. If you, if you, if you, it can be heaven on a lot of levels. You can get a lot of money and just be happy like that. But most people aren't, they still are looking for something, you right. know? Well, I um, think, I think you were the first person uh -huh. that I met uh -huh. that there've only been a few people like this in my lifetime uh -huh. where, I've sat face to face with this person. Yeah. You know, been within like a foot or two yeah. uh -huh. of this person and see them go to work at their craft, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With with my own eyes. Like not 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 on TV, not on the internet, not on social media, but with my own eyes. Yeah. You're one of the few people that I've seen do this. With do go to yeah. work at your craft with my own eyes. And I've just mm -hmm. been like, wow. This wow, thanks, man. Never told me that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, but I feel the same way about you, though, bro. I mean, thank you, man. 
dude, I mean, you, you're you're one of the LSMC. You're top three as well, bro. And and, and, and on a, on a real man, I really and I've said this before. Me, you, and Latif, we kind of trained each other early. Yeah. You know, boxers have sparring partners, and uh-huh. footballs have practices. We and we were all good when we met, and we would congregate down in the in the in the uh, KDVS the radio station in Davis, put records on, and and we started to really like long for that shit, like it was a high. You right, know what right. I mean? Totally. I mean, and I think we all we all kind of inspired each other to be better because when you're a big fish in a pond, which I believe all of us were before we came together, you come to the pond and then you see a fish as big as you, you're like, fuck that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then, right. but then, you know, we've grown over the years, you know, but that causes you to go deeper within too. You know what I mean? Well, And I- after a while, you begin to take the ego out of it and you realize that, it's, it's 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 more about putting out the work and 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 letting go and and letting whatever it is channel through you than it is about all the other bullshit, you know. Well, I think well on that and on that note, you were the first mm-hmm. person I think you know back when we were all rapping together like in the early '90s and we you, we would be down in KDBS yeah. and be down in the radio station and just throwing on yeah. instrumentals and just rapping for hours. Yeah. Literally. And it, and it felt good. It yeah. wasn't like we were forcing ourselves. We was like, when is my turn? Yeah. When we heard the other person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, on that note, I think you were also the first mm-hmm. person, you were the first person that I knew that mm-hmm. said, you know, rapping and music, it's a spiritual pursuit. I think prior to that moment, I probably thought rapping was fun. You know, I could just, I could get high, I could smoke weed, I could, we could get lit, you know what I mean? We could drink and then we just start rapping, yeah. you know? I think you were the first person that I heard say music and rap, it's a spiritual pursuit. You know what I mean? It's not just an action. Yeah. It's, it's not just a physical activity. Yeah. You know, and writing yeah. is not just a learn, mental learn. activity. The, what I heard you say right. was rapping was a spiritual activity. And I think, I don't think I was the same after that. You know, I don't think I would have written songs, huh. you know, like Balcony Beach or Aim for the Flickering Flame or, or really? things like that. No, no, I don't think I would have. I think I would have continued to make just more songs that, that maybe didn't have as much depth, you know, they, they, they might've been cool, you know, they might've been good, but I don't think I would have written mm-hmm. songs that had as much depth that were as personal to me. But as I've gotten older, I, I learned that everything is a spiritual uh, pursuit. All that there is a spirit. We have just lost connection with it because have you ever heard the, of the Hindu term, the illusion of Maya? No. The illu- look it up in, in Hinduism. The illusion of Maya is when the spirit comes into physical form, all you see are the physical things around you, including yourself and other people. And you're lost in this self, false self, illusion, because you have lost touch with the fact that you're a spiritual being experiencing human life. You're not a human that's going to turn into a spirit one day. You're a spirit experiencing this dimension of beingness. That's what I've discovered. I'm not saying it's the ultimate truth, but that's kind of what I believe, you know? And you and then you learn that everything is really, nothing is not spiritual because everything comes from there. 
into mm-hmm. here. And I think it's, it's, it, we're supposed to forget so we can remember and we can awaken up. You can't awaken if you were never asleep, right? Wow. That's amazing, man. So, so on that note, man, I mean, as we're all isolated and as we're all quarantined right now, you know, yeah. how do you, with, with your physical challenges, you know, and, and the danger that there's sort of like this, it, it's hard to describe coronavirus, or, but, but I, I just sort of feel like there's this, there's this beast out there that we can't see. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I feel like and, that too. and yeah. it, it's present in some people. It's not present in others. We don't know, you know, but we're living in a time where if you have physical challenges, it could be devastating for you. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to talk about all the, 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 the people recently that in our peer group that have passed away, you know, but you know that there are these physical challenges that, that a lot of us have, you know, like right now, I mean, you're on, you're on medication that, that um, is allowing you to accept, allowing your body to accept these kidneys. Right. And so your comp, your, your yeah. system is compromised at this very moment. Well, yeah, well, I'm healing, put it that way. I'm still healing from surgery. I'm right. down there all the way healed up. So let's talk about that. So, so in this moment, you, you know, knowing that you have these very real challenges, you know, in this time, you know, that could be fatal. What do you do to keep yourself strong and keep yourself positive and to keep yourself uh, focused? Number one, I'm, I'm, I'm staying quarantined. The only time I leave is if I have to go to the hospital, you know? And, I, and when I do leave, I put a mask on and I put gloves on. I take a bag of Lysol with me. Before I sit on something, I spray it down. Mm. If, even if I go into the doctor's office to get checked up, I spray down the, uh, the, the, the chair in the doctor's office. I just, everything that's, I do everything that I can, you know? And I stay quarantined other than that. And, and then on a day-to-day level, how are you getting groceries? How are you, how are you getting from point A to point B? How are you getting food? How are you, you, you know, just all the normal things? Friends. Friends. Friends have been bringing me grocery. Uh, friends have been um, bringing me my medication from Walgreens. Friends, man. It's, it's just it's, it's people, it's good people in the world, man. That's amazing. And I, and I think that's a testament to your karma, you know, and I think all, all the... Right all the good energy that you've put out over the years, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, on paper for a guy, mm-hmm. for a guy to have no kidneys for seven years, right. When, when the mm-hmm. life, when the life expectancy of a person is five years on dialysis mm-hmm. to not only get a kidney finally, but to get two kidneys yeah. mm-hmm. one month, before quarantine started. That's so crazy, man. It feels what like month? life has been like a movie the last three months, man. It was high, high. We, we got off tour. The night we got off tour, I got home around around 7 o'clock. I got a call at 7.45. We have a kidney for you. Can you be in, can you be in Phoenix tomorrow? So I got on the first plane to Phoenix, you know? It's been yeah. crazy, dude. And now, you know, I go through all of that. And see, when I was in Arizona, I was, I was kind of like, I was one-pointed. Because I was just focusing on healing. The fact that I got a, and I didn't know it was, and I heard of the coronavirus, but I thought SARS or, you know, not like those right. were good things, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. 100%. And then when I'm coming home, like about a week before I came home, I started hearing all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, and I was down there scared to get on a plane, right? you know, to come back from Phoenix to here. Seven years. 
with no kidneys in dialysis. Life yeah. expect life expectancy for somebody with no kidneys is five years. So you 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 went well beyond that, and you weren't yeah. living an easy life. You were touring, you were recording, you were traveling internationally. You go. Well, I think that I think that helped me help me get through it, bro. I yeah. think that the, the being able to travel and do what I love to do. And, and just the aspect of traveling in itself, let alone having a career where you travel, I think that did something for me, bro. I think that it, 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 it I don't know if it was the main thing. Obviously, I started eating healthier. I started living healthier. But I think that that in itself, that does something for your soul, I think, man. Mm. You know? That's just what I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and, and then for you to get a call after seven years, and the doctors say, hey, we've got a kidney for you. You show up, you get not one, but two kidneys. You got a motherfucking bonus kidney, right? So you show yeah. up, they give you two kidneys. A month later, we're in quarantine. I mean, you can't look <laughs> at that. There's two ways you can look at that. You can look at that like, if you wanted to, you could look at that like, oh man, he's out of the frying pan and into the fryer. Or you can look at it like, can you believe this? Can you believe how? Or you can look at it like if I if I didn't get my kidney transplant, I would still be going to dialysis four times a week, exactly. filled mostly with elderly people, and um, it would have been just more dangerous for me during exactly. this time. That's the point that that's the point that I'm making is that you know mm -hmm. you get this, you you get not one but two kidneys one month yeah. before quarantine starts. I can't mm. look at that. Me personally, I can't look at that any other way besides, you know, karmically, he's built up so much capital. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just by all the good works that he's done in his lifetime. You know, I mean, this is a guy that's blessed and highly favored. Whatever you want to say, you know, that, that, that this would happen to you at this moment of all moments to allow you to survive this. You know, I, I just yeah. can't, I can't help but think that this, there's a reason for this. There's, there's a purpose here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that you were brought yeah. this for. You know, I feel that way. You know, I feel like, and that's why, you know, my whole thing now is dedicated to just gravitating towards good people and, and, and staying away from negative energy. And then ha even having compassion for negative energy. Because like I said, none of us know shit. Knowledge is infinite. So, you know. You know, unless somebody disrespects or gets, you know, gets tries to do something to just, you know, be disrespectful. It's like even if somebody's negative, it's like I, I try to even have compassion because I don't know what brought them to that place. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I'm not. Hey, I'm, now don't give me twist. Don't get it twisted. I'm not an angel. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm not. I don't want to be depicted on this on this conversation as some kind of guru or angel i just spirituality is just important to me bro oh, oh yeah i know i've seen you in some yeah i've seen you in some non-angelic moment i know that all but what yeah. i guess i guess what i'm saying is that mm -hmm. you know overall as a human being you've made an incredible contribution to a lot of people's lives you know what i mean and i think thank that, you bro yeah absolutely and I, and I think that you're reaping that karma now you know, with everything mm. that you've done for people. And wow. 
you know, when I hear these stories like yours and, and I see that even now people in the community are still showing up for you, like they're, they're bringing you groceries. I know I heard Raw G was bringing you groceries. I know Latif was bringing yeah. you things, you know what I mean? And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, shout to, obviously shout to both of them. I mean, that's just amazing, man. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really easy these days to become super cynical and be like, you know, people ain't shit. And, and, you know, if you allow yourself to kind of slip into that, you know, that frame of mind. But the fact of the matter is there are people out there that do care about you, you know, that, yeah. that, that yeah. do care about each other in general. And we just have to absolutely seek that out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. You know, I agree wholeheartedly. Those kind of stories, man, they really excite me, man. You know, and those kind of stories, they really turn me on, you know, and, and, and I really wanted to ask you, you know, just in, in terms of music, you know, what are the things that really get your juices flowing musically? I mean, what are the things that really turn you on? And, and, and that get- inspire me to inspire me to write? Yes. Um, other artists, listening to other artists and getting inspired by them, whether they be rappers or singers or folk singers or country singers, whatever, any artist that makes me feel like, wow, I've never heard anybody do anything like that. Those are the artists mainly, like when I first heard De La Soul or I first heard Freestyle Fellowship, my mind was blown because I was literally like, I have never, I didn't know it was possible to rap like that, Mm. you know? Yeah. Obviously, you and Latif have inspired me a lot because, you know, it goes back to what we said. When we all three of us come to the table, there's a certain standard that we all know we have to um, reach. If we're going to just be kicking it with each other rhyming, there's a certain standard that, that, that is um, required, you know? You know, I don't know if you feel this way, but every time I sit down and I start writing an album, you know, or uh-huh. I'm writing a song, yeah, um, I do, in the back of my mind, you know, uh-huh. that, that 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 Davis meant that Davis MC in a circle in a cipher whatever you want to call it that yeah that mentality kicks in where I know somewhere out there Gab is writing a song somewhere out uh, there you know somewhere out there Black Thought is writing a song yeah somewhere, yeah 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 you know somewhere out there Latif is writing an album you somewhere, know what a tech you you know a technique I use hmm. I might play. I'm not going to mention nobody's name, yeah. but I might play a dope MC song, right? Yeah. And I might, and then I might have a pad and pen, and in my mind, I would just say, how would I follow that? Mm. If I had to do a verse on this song, and it was after that verse, what would it be like? And I get better by doing that. You know what yeah. I mean? Does that make sense? It, com- it completely makes sense. Because yeah. I-, I know that mm-hmm. if I put this song out, or if I put this album out, Mm-hmm. You're gonna hear it, you know. A lot of my peers are gonna hear it. Yeah. People that I respect are gonna mm-hmm. hear it, you know. Yeah. Now I'm yep. not even talking about music fans. I'm not even talking about listeners. I mean, you know, I know that my peers are gonna evaluate me, you know, when I when I put this mm-hmm. this album out, and I have to know mm-hmm. that I left it all out on the table, that I gave 110, percent you know. And for me. Yeah, because you, you know we, we set high. Me and you and Latif and 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 Shadow and X, we all kind of crew kind of set high on yes. each other. Yes, you know, and, and you knew, and and we knew, and and if somebody wasn't feeling what we were doing, we knew because there would be no reaction. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that's how you knew, okay, yeah. I got to tighten my shit up. You know, Because you want a reaction every time you rhyme. You know what was funny was it wouldn't be like, man, that shit was whack. It would literally be like if you if you said some shit that was whack, it wouldn't nobody would be like, oh, that shit was whack. It would be uh, more like this. People would react like this or uh, no reaction. There would yeah. be no reaction. Right. And that people would just be indifferent. And that was almost worse. You know what I mean? Like that was almost. <laughs> no, nah, it's better because anytime somebody doesn't react, I assume that they're sleeping on me. And that means I got to turn it up on the skill level, you right. know, so that, and I think you never stop doing that. Yeah. I think the, the time when an artist says, I'm just such and such. So I'm just, I've sold all of these records. I've made all, and I've done all of this. So I'm just such and such. I don't even have to try anymore. I think once you get that, I think that's when people fall off because they're not digging anymore. They're not reaching for something that they haven't got to yet. You know what I mean? So, Completely. So who are those artists out there that... <laughs> what, what do you mean? The artists that, that uh, have fell off? No, no, no. Who, who, who are those artists out there that when you're writing a song, you're like, it needs to be on par or better in my mind than so-and-so? Like, what artists are there out there right now that you feel like... I would say, and I'm not saying that I hit the mark every time, Yeah. but people like Black Thought, Pharaoh Micah Nine, Rock M, uh, Big Daddy Kane in his prime. It's a lot of them, man. You know, it's just anybody that inspires. I'm influenced by anybody that inspires me, bro. That's the way I work as an MC. That's why, you know, you might have seen me go into other people's styles temporarily, not for like, you know, a whole, my whole career, but I, I might do the thing where DJs hear a DJ scratch and they practice the scratch to see if they can do it. I might hear, because right. I'm very into styles. I'm very into stylistic MCs, MCs that create, especially somebody that's like, like, that's why I love Daylight so much, man, because nobody rhymes like that. I right. yet to hear a human being on planet Earth rhyme like that, mm. you know? So, what yeah, was I the mean, question again? No, that, that, that was it. I mean, those artists that, yeah, that you feel like, yeah, you have to be yeah. on par with. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So, cool Keith. Cool Keith. Yeah, a lot of those artists you named were veteran artists. What artists are you hearing now that, whether hip-hop or otherwise, that you're like, wow, that was inspiring. Wow, that, I got charged okay, up. Here, I got charged up. I need to write. You know what I right. mean? Right. Okay, here's the new generation that I like, that I feel that way about. I feel it's different now because I feel like the money business industry aspect of it is kind of starting to overshadow the culture aspect of it. But the but I so I do feel that it was different back then than it is now. But the artists I like right now, who are who I can who I you know I don't know if they are, but I consider them students of the of the art and the culture just by the way they they rhyme. I would say Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar, of course, you know, the baby. You heard the baby? Oh yeah, yeah, the baby's dope. Yeah, I like him. I like yeah. the baby. Well, uh, Mozzie, I love Mozzie shit because Mozzie is like a baby Tupac to me. Like, to me, Tupac gave, like, to me, Mozzie is like a new Tupac. Like, you, you can absolutely see how Tupac birthed Mozzie. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I, I appreciate that shit. Mozzie's dope. Mozzie's dope, and he makes dope songs, man. Yeah. He makes, like, like incredible songs. To me, it's never been about being gangster or being a... Uh, you know, a person that's non-street 
or being a computer, even if you're a computer geek, if you got skills, you got skills, man. Right. I think the, the, the fact that everything is gangster is a, um, it's kind of black exploitation today. Mm. I think it is, man, because there's so many black people doing so many things in this country. And you mean, if you were to watch hip hop and all the only form of music you listen to is hip hop, you might think a certain way about African-Americans. Mm. And, we're, and, and we are not all going to rob you. <laughs> we're not all, we don't all really, you know, carry a gun everywhere we go. You know, we're not, we're, we're, we're not all, and not to say that we're, that's part of our experience because of racism, slavery, oppression, and all of that. You know, America created that situation. You know, we're just victims of it. But I, they don't ever show you the, the, the black people that are doing pop. That's why, you know, that's why they, and they, this is a thing now that I've heard other people talk about. Conscious rappers don't get big deals now. Or people that are considered conscious. Or, or non-gangster type rappers. The big labels don't mess with them. Because mm. the money is an exploitation, bro. Not to say that the rapper is rapping to be exploited, but when that's all you see, it's like, damn, can we see? Back in the days, you know, you could have Slick Rick, Run DMC, NWA, and they would all be on the same tour. And it wouldn't be, oh, this is gangsters. Keep that other shit away from us. It was just dope hip hop. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. I see you have the awesome quarantine beard. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I'm going to grow this until the viruses, until the until the virus is gone. I might have it. It might be this long. It might be down to my stomach next time you, you see me. But so we'll see you each other before that. Huh? So are, you, are you saying it's a beard of protest? No. I'm just, I just decided, no, I don't mean nothing. I'm just going to grow my beard until this virus is over. Are you saying that you're the Bogwan? I, I got some tea tree oil, tea tree, tea tree oil shampoo. Put that on every day. And I'll eat out of you, ride it out. Are you saying that you're the Bogwan? That you're the Gabwan? Never mind. What? Man. Don't trip. Never mind. I'm just being stupid, man. You cut out. Only reason I said what is because you cut out in the middle have of you, that. Have you, seen that, that Netflix, have you seen that Netflix documentary series, Wild Country? No. What's that about? It's about, it's about the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, and he had this, people call it a, he had a following, people call it a cult. They lived in, in Oregon, and he was kind of a spiritual leader for all these people, and they built a city, and yeah. What's it called? What's Wild it called? Wild Country. I'm going I'm to I'm uh, watch that. Yeah, just peep it out, man. Just peep it out. On, it's on Netflix, man. It's called Wild Country. Anyway. Okay, dope. You know, let's wrap this up, man. It's been an amazing pleasure, man. For me too, bro. For me too. You know, as I wrap this up, I think I, I want people to know you the way that I know you, you know, and, and right. that's obviously an incredible lyricist and an incredible artist, but mm. just a very spiritual, positive, grounded, really good human being, man. And um, I wasn't always this way, though. <laughs> this, well, is, this is growth. This is experience and learning and growth. Yeah, but that's what, you know I, what I mean. But that, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's what that's what you've become, and that's right. what we're all in the process, hopefully, of becoming. And and I just think, like I said, I mean, I've known you for 30 years, and so mm -hmm. to see your journey from when we were teenagers, basically, right, you know, right. To, to where we are now as grown men, uh, right, it, it just it's just been amazing and incredibly inspirational for me to watch, you know. And like right I said. On, man. I just I just want everybody to know you the way that I know you. 
Right know. on, man. Appreciate that, man. And uh, not, you know, we're always we're always growing and we're always changing. So next year, I'll be a different person, <laughs> and yeah. you will too. We just will. based on the experiences we have, you know. This is all true, and it's just I just want to tell you, man, that it's it's been a, it's been a real privilege and an honor just to know you. You know, and, and hey, vice versa, bro. Vice yeah. versa. I, I, I consider you a good friend, man. It's like it's people I know, but it's a select group of people I can actually really consider friends. And I and I definitely consider you that, you know. And it's been an honor knowing you as well. Thank you, man. I mean, you've you've really given a lot to me, and I, you know, you've really contributed and added a lot to, to my Thanks. life. You know? And I just want to right say, on, thank, thank you, bro. Vice versa. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you very much. I mean, you inspire me every day, you know, not just with your music, but with your journey, you know, and whatever right I can do for you at any point, you know, it's, you don't, you don't need to ask, you know, I'm all, I'll always right be here for you. No matter what we're going through, right on. you know, personally, interpersonally in the world, I will always be here for you. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate everything that you've done for me, you know, over time. And I can't wait for us to to get back out on the road again. Let's do it, man. We still got to, we still, oh, coming. I don't know when, but I'm announcing it right now. A Quantum MC album. Oh. Pete, Lyrics Born, and Gift of Gab doing an album. Oh, shit. Yeah, let's do it, man. Absolutely, I'm down. Where'd you go? Uh... As always, Gab always gets the last word on me, man. I was trying to wrap it up, but as always, he always gets the last word on me. Anyway, thank you so much. Gift to Gab, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite rappers in the entire world. Man. Gift to Gab from Black Delicious. I love y'all. This has been Mobile Homies. Yo, thank you for listening to Mobile Homies. Make sure you subscribe and hit me with a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you catch your podcasts. For more content, hit up lyricsborn.com. Love y'all. Uh.